You're listening to From the Sea Up, a podcast from the Island Institute. I'm Galen Koch. It's a hot, windy summer day in August, and I'm at Kettle Cove State Park in Cape Elizabeth, Maine. We call this, this commercial launch, we call, like some people call it Truck Beach or uh, Boat Cove or Stump Cove. That's Nate Perry, an oyster and scallop farmer who grew up in a lobstering family here in Cape Elizabeth. To get to his scallop farm, Nate launches a skiff from this tiny strip of beach. It's rocky on both sides of the launch. There's no infrastructure, and it's a steep slope to navigate with a boat trailer. As you can see, it's not exactly uh, a lot to look at, and it's really not bigger than uh, like a one at a time sort of deal. We all have um, like customized trailers, um, mostly flat bottom, you know, that Carolina skiff style. In this final episode of the Working Waterfront series of From the Sea Up, we're visiting Cape Elizabeth's last stretch of Working Waterfront, a bit of beach sandwiched between conflicting interests. This is where Cape's lobstermen launch skiffs to get to their boats, and it is a hotly contested and fiercely protected resource. As the demands on this commercial access and nearby public launch have increased, fishermen in the town of Cape Elizabeth came together to think about ways to maintain Cape's working waterfront. But in 2022, something happened that caused locals to panic. The Bureau of Parks and Lands said it wanted to redesign the commercial launch and public water access that Nate Perry and others like him depend on. A redesign alone would have been a lot to deal with, but because this access is preserved on, essentially, a handshake, the whole thing could be at risk of going away. Cape Elizabeth is probably not the first town that comes to mind when you picture Maine's working waterfront. With a population of just over 9,000, Cape Elizabeth is residential. It's just a 20-minute drive from Portland, and it's known for big, beautiful homes and dramatic vistas. The commercial access point at Kettle Cove might seem out of place. Why is it here, of all places? Here's Matt Sturgis, Cape Elizabeth's town manager. This is my 23rd year that I've been working here, and it's a diverse community from uh, a lot of different ways, uh, you know, economically, uh, culturally, uh, it has a lot of strengths. It's got a it's got a strong farming, fishing background. It's kind of the foundation stone from which the community has been built off from, uh, and it's also got a high residential uh, component of it. It's ninety eight percent more or less residential. People really believe in the ethic of preserving land. Uh, we have uh, an incredible amount of town preserved open space as well as land trust preserved open space. So that's been a big part of the component of the community. Cape Elizabeth has a long legacy of fishing and farming. A peek at the Cape Elizabeth Comprehensive Plan shows a dedication to that legacy. The plan states, As Cape Elizabeth transitioned from a largely agricultural to a largely suburban community, we put in place land use policies to promote development consistent with the protection of natural resources, open space, working farms, and our commercial fisheries. The protection of access to the water for those commercial fisheries happens only at Kettle Cove. This is historical, but also practical. Cape Elizabeth's coastline is stunning, but unwelcoming for mariners. 
There are high cliffs and pounding waves. It looks impenetrable, and in many ways, it is. That's why Kettle Cove and the nearby town boat launch on Crescent Beach are some of the few places where boaters can access the water. Local fishermen have used that area to reach fishing grounds for centuries. Uh, but there are multiple generations who have worked out of there. But it's a blend because you have it is an active state park uh, that exists there as well. However, they have an area set aside for commercial fishermen to park at uh, specifically, which you know keeps folks out of the way of folks trying to of other people trying to earn a living. The commercial access point at Kettle Cove is in a unique location. It's nestled between Crescent Beach State Park and Kettle Cove State Park. In the summertime, there is a lot of activity here. The use, I'm really surprised you got parking, the use here has gotten so out of hand that sometimes there's a line of vehicles. They have to post a ranger right here to tell people you can't sit and wait for somebody to leave. You have to go around the circle and go, you can come back, but you can't because they were blocking access to here and rescue vehicles or anything else. That's Dan Harriman, one of the fishermen who launches a skiff here to get to his mackerel pound on the backside of Richmond Island. What Dan is describing is the parking lot at Kettle Cove. It's a circular shape. Cars enter and leave the same exit, and in the heat of the summer, this place is jam-packed. It can be tricky for fishermen here to offload their catch and navigate the sometimes gridlocked traffic. Just over the hill is something that should help divert that traffic, the public boat launch. Kettle Cove is for commercial use only. It says so right on the signs, and there's even a ranger at the park to enforce that use and direct traffic. But sometimes people slip through the cracks. For Dan and other fishermen, it's a big problem if just one car tries to unload kayaks here. It can make it impossible for fishermen to land their catch. When you come in with three crates of lobster or four crates of lobster on the deck, you have to get on the trailer and get the hell out of here because Portland's 15, 20 minutes away from the traffic. With increased visitors and an increased demand for water access from recreational boaters, it may seem surprising for the town of Cape Elizabeth and the state of Maine to maintain parking and access for commercial fishermen at Kettle Cove. But this access isn't just crucial to fishermen who work in Cape, it's also historic. Dan Harriman's family settled here in the late 1700s. There were many Dutch families that built cottages along the shore and used this coastline to access cod fishing grounds. This used to be called Bowery Beach because only the poor people lived at the beach. What's Bowery mean? You know what the Bowery is, it was where the drunks and the poor people lived. But it didn't really, you didn't really want Bowery Beach State Park. It's hard to imagine Kettle Cove and Crescent Beach as anything but pristine, with their white sand and hedges of roses. But when Dan was a kid, there was a lobster pound here and a restaurant. Until the early 1960s, the shoreline was dotted with dories that fishermen used to catch cod, herring, flounder, and other ground fish. You can still find old gill nets tucked under the dense bushes that line Crescent Beach. This was a working coastline until the state decided to turn Kettle Cove and Crescent Beach into a state park. When the state moved to acquire the former Bowery Beach, they purchased the land from local families. That was the early 1960s. For Dan Harriman's grandmother, moving away from the shore was a form of upward mobility. They would have a house on the upper part of Kettle Cove Road next to where Dan lives today. 
That new house was protected from storms and away from the smell of local catch and the bustle of the working waterfront. And as my grandmother said, that was the best damn thing that ever happened to us. We bought a decent piece of property up on the hill and built a proper house with central heat and a foundation and didn't have to worry about a hurricane taking your house away or listen to the guys cursing and swearing as they're working on gear and bolts on the boat beach. But in the process, the family lost their private access to the water. Dan Harriman says at the time of the sale, local families were promised that they would always have water access at the beach between Kettle Cove and Crescent Beach. Um, when they bought the beach, when they bought to make the state park, they, they promised unimpeded access, which they've done pretty good with because it's about the most permeable state park as far as just people walking in and out of the park. But that's caused a problem at the beach down here because this is an easy access, it's quick. So there's a lot of pressure on the use here. What Dan means by permeable is that Kettle Cove State Park doesn't have any gates or require a park pass. You do need to pay to park. That's a new feature as of summer 2023. But if you can find a parking space, this is one of the more accessible southern main beaches. That public access includes access for commercial fishermen at Kettle Cove. After the state bought the land for both state parks, the working waterfront footprint at Kettle Cove and the neighboring Crescent Beach got smaller and smaller. Fishermen stored gear and boats just above the town boat launch on the Crescent Beach side and behind the Kettle Cove parking lot. Nate Perry, the oyster and scallop farmer, remembers when this waterfront started to change. And there were a lot of fishing nets and boats and dories and things up in that area. Um, but that was blocked off at one point in the 1990s. At the time, it had started to be a little bit overgrown. And again, some of that older generation was getting out of fishing. Ground fishing was collapsing. Um, and the younger generation that was going all in on lobster, a lot of them you know, felt it just made sense to, to go in town and, and pay for a slip. That transition from ground fishing to lobstering in the 1990s to early 2000s meant that much of the visible working waterfront disappeared from this area. The big draggers out on their moorings were replaced with smaller fiberglass lobster boats. And a lot of commercial fishermen started working in Portland, where it was easier to tie up, get bait and fuel, and sell their catch at the end of the day. As the demand for commercial access shrank, so did the visibility of fishermen, and in turn, so did the working waterfront. And as the sign for vehicular traffic on the beach started moving up the beach, my grandfather bounced his finger off my chest and said, boy, don't ever let him tell you you can't work off this beach. And I said, why do you say that? He says, because it's shrinking. As the access for commercial fishermen continued to shrink, the tiny strip of beach at Kettle Cove has become an even more valuable resource. There are only a handful of fishermen who use this launch year-round, and the preservation of access to the water is crucial to the future of fishing in Cape Elizabeth. But as demands on public recreation areas have increased, so do the incompatible users. It's a fine balance here at Kettle Cove and Crescent Beach. Fishermen rely on recreational boaters using the town's public boat launch to keep the commercial launch clear for landing catch or launching boats. In the past decade, 
That public boat launch on Crescent Beach has become a source of worry for the town of Cape Elizabeth, the State Bureau of Parks and Lands, and the boaters who use it to get to their recreational fishing boats or to launch kayaks and paddle boards. The state wants to get everybody off of Crescent Beach for several reasons, for pollution, driving vehicles on, onto the sandy beach. At times there's been piping plovers nest along the beach, usually farther down because there isn't any open beach like they really like on this end. And there's no other beach in the state of Maine that vehicular traffic's allowed on. No state-owned property beach that vehicular traffic's allowed on. If the public launch on Crescent Beach goes away, that leaves the commercial launch at Kettle Cove. Fishermen would be sharing space with all of the kayakers and recreational fishermen who currently use the town launch. It will be unworkable. You can't show up with two crates of lobsters that are already out of the water, sitting on the deck of your boat, and have somebody stuck on the beach because they don't understand a loose gravel beach and it's four-wheel drive only. And you can't use a conventional boat trailer. You can't do a deep V-boat here. We all use Carolina skiffs that will float in about an inch and a half of water. For Nate Perry, the scallop and oyster farmer who launches his skiff from Kettle Cove, sharing the commercial access isn't a viable option. It used to be a lot less busy. And so now we have, I think it's about, geez, I don't know, I think it's under 50 feet of frontage left to use, which um, people don't understand why we can't share that. <laughs> uh, but... Um, it's just not enough space. That 50 feet of frontage is the last commercial access point remaining here at Kettle Cove and Crescent Beach. Before the 1960s, when the state bought this land to create the state parks, the entirety of this coastline was available for fishermen. As part of the sale, the state told property owners and the town that fishermen could continue to access the water at Kettle Cove. That promise of unimpeded commercial access is not written into any contract or deed or agreement. I don't, you know, I don't know what the original documentation for that agreement was because no one can find it. But there's clearly, um, how would you put it? There are press releases talking about it, about an agreement, the town and the state have reached set of agreement. There are correspondence letters back and forth between the town manager at the time and concerned council members um, uh, that were echoing the concerns of the community and the, and the fishermen um, that clearly talk about agreement to protect the existing commercial fishing. Without a formal written contract, the commercial use of Kettle Cove and the unimpeded access for fishermen can feel tenuous. Nate's been working on access issues at Kettle Cove for over eight years. He and Dan Harriman and other local fishermen formed the Cape Fishermen's Alliance in 2014 to advocate for access and to work with the towns to try to solve some of the issues that have arisen. These committees looked over all the details, all this stuff, ad nauseum for for months and months and actually years of meetings to, to really nail it down. The town paid for an engineering study um, and then, uh, you know, they got the green light uh, from the town engineer and set aside money to build 
which was um, nothing extravagant, just a gravel <laughs> road, maybe a hundred something feet long. The plan proposed by the town of Cape Elizabeth and supported by the Cape Fishermen's Alliance would have kept the public and commercial areas separate. The town proposed building a new public boat launch, a little further up Kettle Cove Road. The plan was to improve the angle of the launch, mitigate erosion, and improve visibility for vehicular traffic. This would make the town launch more usable for recreational boaters and take the pressure off of the commercial launch. But in order to move forward, the town needed state support. At that point, the Park Service changed its um, posture and decided not to support that um, repair. They had essentially agreed right out of the gate and all along that they would support the access repair, they just didn't want to pay for it. And that's where the town decided they would. The park's um, stated reasons for wanting to back out of that deal and look, were mainly to look to something bigger, which was the exploration of an idea to sort of redesign and rebuild Calico State Park in a big way, um, which I think came on the heels of some, some big funding that the National Park Service had come into. The state um, parks were looking to make use of that money. This was a big turning point for the Cape Elizabeth Fishermen's Alliance and the town. After years of planning, the state determined that they wanted to go in a different direction with the rebuild. That was in 2021, and in the spring and fall of 2022, the Bureau of Parks and Lands held listening sessions at the Cape Elizabeth Town Hall to get input on a new plan. One went not very well. The second one went a little bit better. That's Matthew Sturgis again, Cape Elizabeth's town manager. That first listening session in June last year was ill-received mostly because the state of Maine was proposing to redirect all boat traffic to the commercial launch away from Crescent Beach, a scenario that many fishermen feared even before the listening session. In the fall of 2022, a second listening session eased some of the concern of residents. We're anticipating hearing from them at some point, hopefully in the nearer future. I don't know if, they're, if they are planning to do any further, but I haven't heard much since the last listening session. I reached out to employees at the Bureau of Parks and Lands for comment on the proposed renovation project at Kettle Cove and Crescent Beach State Park. For many months, I was unable to get anyone to provide an update about the plan. After a lot of emails, I finally heard back from Jim Britt, the Director of Communications of the Maine Department of Agriculture, Conservation, and Forestry. In an email, Jim told me that the renovations at Kettle Cove and Crescent Beach State Park were part of broader initiatives all over the state. He wrote, in light of the community input and our ongoing efforts to prioritize urgent state park projects across the state, the Bureau of Parks and Lands has decided to postpone most of the work at Crescent Beach, Kettle Cove, while we accomplish other projects. In the meantime, we are working with a surveyor to identify the boundary between state-owned and town-owned land. We are in the process of preparing a letter to the town and community that summarizes feedback to date and proposes possible next steps. At this time, we do not envision significant changes to the commercial boat launch at Kettle Cove. Jim Britt assured me in the email that the state will continue to communicate their plans to the town of Cape Elizabeth and concerned residents. As it stands now, the issues of multiple users and access remain unresolved. Here's Matt Sturgis. 
we've tried to we've tried to always keep an open line of communication, uh, but we've also tried to maintain that the state understands that this is a critical element to the town uh, for our working waterfront. That means the world to our to our active fishery. The story of Cape Elizabeth's last working waterfront access shows just how complex these issues can be across the state. And the uncertainties felt here are felt in many towns along Maine's coast. You know, it's a shrinking resource statewide. You know, and this is just a microcosm of it because you're talking about some of the most developed, you know, st- stretches of shoreline in the state. And there's a lot of pressure on those access points. And I don't know, that's why it's it's a critical element of, our, of this town's history and it, this town's ethos and as well as you know who we are and the, and and who we're going to be and you want to keep that for as long as you can because if you lose if you lose that what have you what is it what's the final cost really there's so much demand for access to the water at kettle cove and at the town boat launch on crescent beach and while the town and cape fishermen's alliance feel the direct impact of these demands they're forced to wait in a kind of limbo. Will there be improvements to the town launch? Will the pressures on the commercial access increase? Will they continue to have commercial access here? Or will the multiple users finally push the fishermen out? Anywhere else working waterfront disappears, it's, it's gone. The, just the nature of the market, it's never gonna go from something that's incredibly profitable, you know, in terms of real estate, back to something like a traditional use like that, that doesn't generate a lot, a, a lot of revenue for, for one group or one board of investors or something. And that what the town would be losing is that historical, cultural, traditional heritage that's been there for so long that makes it so special. I live in Portland, so when the tourists leave, I go to Kettle Cove a lot. In November, on a seasonally cold day, It's peaceful and brisk. This is the place I visit in Cape Elizabeth that feels like home to me. There are fishing boats moored here even in the cold winter months. This is a view that I don't want to lose. In in this town, we have a very unique tapestry. And it's the extremely, extremely wealthy, but there's a lot of working people here and, and farmers and fishermen and that... If you make it unlivable for the farmers and the fishermen and the working class, which they're already, they're having a, a housing crisis because you can't afford to live here. You lose that fabric, you lose that beautiful tapestry, that, that, that. It's, it, it, it isn't a change for the better. I don't believe. I think we lose something. Thank you for listening to From the Sea Up, a podcast from the Island Institute. This episode was written and produced by me, Galen Koch, and assistant producer Olivia Jolly for the Island Institute. Nicole Wolf takes the photographs that accompany this episode. From the Sea Up's senior editor is Isaac Kestenbaum. Thanks to Nate Perry, Dan Harriman, Matthew Sturgis, and Jim Britt for their comment and participation in this episode. Most of the music in this episode is by Q Shop. 
From the Sea Op is made possible by the Fund for Maine Islands through a partnership between Island Institute, College of the Atlantic, Maine Sea Grant, and the First Coast. To hear past episodes and for more information, visit www.islandinstitute.org slash podcast.